Welcome to episode 146 bonus content, ladies and gentlemen. We didn't do fight picks on episode 146 of the G-Maker MMA show or episode number 16 of segment. So we're doing that today. Got some time to squeeze in for that. Sit back and relax, ladies and gentlemen. UFC 226 official fight picks. Starting at heavyweight, we got Daniel Cormier versus Steve Miocic. The fight of the century, in my opinion. You know, a, a super fight, a fight between two world champions at two different weight classes. You got the light heavyweight champion going up to take the take on the heavyweight champion in quest to potentially break a record and you know, make history. Tonight is his night to make history. Daniel Cormier has an opportunity of a lifetime to make history. But going to the matchup and previewing the matchup, it definitely is a very stylistically interesting matchup because both men are wrestlers. Both men's both men are great fighters, competitors. Obviously, DC's wrestling is second to none. He was an Olympic level wrestler. I mean, you got Stipe with the heart of a lion, and you know, excellent boxing skills. You know, excellent movement. You know, great counters. You know, he's, he has knockout power in his hands and feet. And you know he he is the baddest man on the planet currently because the fact is that he broke the heavyweight record of three t- consecutive title defenses in his last fight with Francis. So that being said, DC is a tough fight for anybody. His wrestling, his pressure, his top game, his submission game is very good as well. And you know he's gone the distance with these heavyweights before, and he's thirteen and zero. He's undefeated at heavyweight. He's been throwing. Big guys, bigger guys, and steep in around for all his career, so it shouldn't be any surprise for me. So, this fight, obviously, we we heard DC talk about it. You know, if he not he he can knock him out early. Stipe can win if he knocks him out early. If it goes in the deep waters, I do feel DC has the, obviously the cardio advantage, you know, the uh, the wrestling advantage, you know. DC's wrestling is the best, so obviously you, you can't go with that. So honestly, I'm going to go with DC for the upset by a, a grinding five-round unanimous decision. All right, ladies and gentlemen, going to the co-main event, also in the heavyweight division, Francis Ngannou returns against... Derek Lewis. This is a long-awaited matchup that we have been waiting for for quite some time. Both men don't like each other. Got a little heated at the weigh-ins yesterday, but it was all right. It was all good. Everything went good. Um, but you know, like I said, the experience factor is on the side of Derek Lewis. Obviously, intimidation, power. You know, we don't really don't know what Francis Ngannou is going to bring to the table after he recently just after he recently lost to Stipe. So we haven't seen Francis come back, but you know, he does look a lot more lean, a lot more in shape and, you know, scary Francis and Ghana is a scary motherfucker. So it's going to be, it's going to be a coin toss. Honestly, it's just a matter of who can execute their game. Cause this is going to be a barn burner fireworks from the start to the finish. Like one punch. Don't, don't even fucking look away for a second. Cause this fight's going to end in a second. That's how damn good and how close this fight is. Who do I have? Um, I think I'm going to go with Francis Ngannou by unanimous decision. I, I, I think he can finish Derek Lewis as well. And I think Francis definitely does deserve, you know, he does deserve another shot at the, uh, at the title. It definitely does have that it factor in him. Like Anthony Johnson did at one point in time. Um, 
you know, he has all the potential to still be a world champion and, you know, he possesses all the skills. He's still learning every single day. He's a big, scary guy. And we will see if that high champion is continued today and see if he can get back on track with the win over Derek Lewis. So I'm going to pick Francis Ngannou by unanimous decision. A selfish side of me says I want him to finish Derek Lewis in order to really, you know, decisions aren't really going to establish yourself as a number one contender. He's number one. I don't know what number Derek is, but that definitely should be, uh, should be something that everyone looks at. I'm really curious to see how Francis comes back, but yeah, I'm going to have to go with Francis by unanimous decision. Now at 170 pounds, we got an interesting fight, ladies and gentlemen, on our hands. Paul Felder moves up a weight to fight Mike Perry. You know, the whole fiasco with Mike Perry fighting Yancey Medeiros, that doesn't happen. Yancey gets a broken rib. He's not able to fight Mike. Paul was supposed to fight James Vick. That doesn't happen. James get, Vick gets pulled from the fight with Paul Felder to fight Justin Gaethje. And now Paul Felder gets to fight Mike Perry, which is also, isn't, I'm not mad at this fight either. It's a definitely, it's a, it's a barn burner. It's a huge... Huge fight for the... This is one of the more exciting cards. One of the more exciting main cards, excuse me. One of the more exciting fights that not too many people are too excited. I mean, people are excited, but they're not nearly as stoked about Paul Felder versus Mike Perry versus, you know, like Stipe and DC or how excited they were for Max versus Brian Ortega or anything like that. But definitely is my fight to watch on the main card. Definitely both guys bring it. Paul Felder's a fucking beast. Mike Perry's a fucking beast. You know, all this new training he's getting into the Jacksons. I really want to see how he's evolved and really, really curious to see what he brings to the table and how he stacks up. I want to see how Paul Felder can, you know, stack up against a bigger Mike Perry, a more bulkier, a lot stronger. And, but you know, Paul Felder's a natural 170 pounder. So he could easily make the weight at 170 pounds and fight at home there if he chooses to. But overall, I think both men possess very technical skills. You know, Mike Perry obviously has one punch knockout power. Paul Felder's excellent striker. Great kicks, great punches, great elbows. He can, he can do it all. You know, he, he's a fantastic striker. So, you know, this is one of the harder fights to predict. But I would have to go with the polished striker. You know, he's very well-rounded. One of the best fighters at 155 pounds and arguably at 170 pounds if he's if successful against Mike Perry. But I think that Paul Felder has a distinct advantage over Perry when it comes to when it comes to competition, skill, and, and, you know, his overall development as a martial artist, you know, training with guys like Joe Schilling. He trains with uh, Donald Cerrone, uh, you know, trains with Anthony Pettis, trains with Tyron Woodley, trains with world championship level fighters. So this is uh, honestly one of the, my most favorite, exciting potential fight of the night candidates right here. I'm going to go with the polished uh, Irish dragon, Paul Felder by uh, unanimous decision. I think he outpoints Mike Perry. You know, Mike Perry still can land big blows and all that, and definitely is uh, a scary, scary fight for anybody. But you know, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm picking up with Paul Felder. He's a smart fighter. He's a great fighter, and I just think he has a lot more tools in the box and a lot more experience, uh, experience in his advantage, to his advantage. Excuse me, and that will. Uh, that will pick up the victory for him. Anthony Pettis versus Michael Chiesa also at lightweight. Well, actually, that first other fight was at welterweight, but this fight's at lightweight. Anthony Pettis, this is a curious one because we don't know how Pettis is going to re 
respond after his fight with Poirier. Obviously, that was a great fight, and those fight of the night, you know, his wrestling looked a lot better, you know. He did not give up in that fight, you know, just the fact that he had broken a ribbon there. That was the reason why he had stopped the fight. But, you know, before that, I think he fought Jim Miller. He looked good against Jim Miller, but I'm not really too solid on Pettis's. You know, I, I'm not sure where Pettis is right now. You know, I want to see him string together some wins and, you know, get back on track. But, you know, just lately, I haven't really seen that in him. You know, he has dropped down to 145 pounds, wasn't the most successful. I mean, he had he obviously got a win over Charles Oliveira at 145 pounds. So, no, obviously, he didn't look too bad it's just that didn't work for him i felt like he was naturally better at 155 pounds but you know he went through that slum where he he was beaten high rafael dos años and you know was beaten by eddie alvarez beaten by edson barbosa and you know he wasn't you know he hasn't reached a, a streak in my opinion where you know i can feel comfortable with i i don't want to say that he's kind of closer to the end then he isn't it's just that he's had a huge rough patch and i'm honestly looking forward to seeing what he's going to do and how everything's going to be different for him in this fight i mean he's fighting a guy who's constantly in your face he's constantly pressuring you. he's, he's, he's not going to give you any time to breathe you know he's, he's de dealing with a very dangerous grappler in, in his own right in the form of michael chiesa michael chiesa's pressure you know he's a lot bigger than pettis distinctively i mean you've seen it at the weigh-ins definitely it was a lot bigger and a lot, probably a lot stronger too. So his grappling is is no joke. So I, I honestly, I'm gonna go with <laughs> Michael Chiesa didn't make weight. So I'm gonna go with another guy who didn't make weight, who was also very successful. Um, I'm gonna go with with Michael Chiesa defeating Anthony Pettis by uh, unanimous decision. You know, I feel like the guys that have been missing weight lately have been one to be successful. So I'm just going to stay with that curse, unfortunately. So I'm going to pick Michael Chiesa by a unanimous decision. Uh, last fight on the main card for me, Gokan Saki versus Cleo Roundtree Jr. Like I said on the last episode of uh, segments, I said that we don't know how Gokan Saki's ground game is, how he responds to wrestling, how his takedown defense is. And he's fighting a guy who can wrestle. He can. He's, he's also fighting a guy who can strike very well. He has knockout power in his hands and his feet. But, you know, I say distinctively, Gokan Saki has a stand-up advantage. But it's it's different. Kickboxing, MMA striking, you know, bringing your kickboxing over, you got to adapt it to the world of mixed martial arts. So it's going to be interesting to see how Gokan is able to to trade and see. I'm going to see what he has against Roundtree. Most concernedly, I'm thinking about the ground game. How does he respond to that? Obviously, he's 1-1 one one in his mixed martial arts career. His last fight was against a guy who was a Brazilian guy who, Maybe it was like on a four-fight losing streak, but obviously UFC kept him for, for a reason. And, you know, Gokan Saki defeated him, I think, by like TKO or something like that. But, you know, it, it, it's really interesting to see the crossover from kickboxing to mixed martial arts. So I, I'm not going to completely uh, count Gokan out of this fight, but I'm just saying that the, the grappling and the wrestling of Khalil, Khalil Roundtree Jr. could play a part in this fight if Gokhan can't keep it on the feet. I mean, if he has excellent takedown defense, he's an excellent striker, then by all means, you guys are all fucked. But if he can't and he responds to it in a, in a bad way and he doesn't respond to it too well, it's going to be a it's going to be a, a smothering for Roundtree Jr. all day, all night. But just to be safe, I'm going to go with the underdog Khalil Roundtree Jr. by unanimous decision. I feel like I feel like he has all the smart tools and obviously a lot more experience, distinct experience advantage in the cage over Gokhan. Notice that I said noticed 
Notice how I said in the cage versus in the ring, because, you know, Gohan's a, a fantastic kickboxer. He has been for many years now. So I'm going to go with Cleo Roundtree Jr. by a unanimous decision. Last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, we're going back to that quick recap of Israel Adesanya's victory over very tough, very experienced, very durable, and Brad Tavares is a fucking fighter. He's a damn good fighter. So, I mean, he was ranked, too. I think he was number 10. So, with Israel's victory over Brad, I mean, yeah, over Brad Tavares, that vaults Israel right into the top 10 if you want to go based off of rankings. Now, I know a lot of people don't want to go based off of rankings. You want to talk about some of the opponents, but the fact is he beat a motherfucker that was in the top 10. So now a big fight is on the horizon for Israel. He definitely is a star. I mean, he's been compared to one of the greatest light heavyweights of all time and John Bones Jones. And, you know, he's shown a lot of the same shades as John. You know, he was completely in control that whole fight. He picked his shots perfectly. He looked damn good. His cardio held up. His takedown defense was excellent. So Israel's definitely a star. Just imagine when his grappling and his rest. I mean, I don't really, he could have it already. But imagine when his grappling and his wrestling gets absolutely stellar. I'm going to com completely keep comparing him to John Jones until he loses. Arguably, in my mind, I feel like this guy definitely is a player at 185 pounds. Definitely has the potential. Now, Talking about a big matchup, you know, obviously there wasn't anyone that I know of that called him out after his victory, but I do know that there's people probably licking their chops wanting to get their hands on this young guy. You know, there's always a prospect killer in every division. It happened to Paige. It happened to Sage. Huh, Paige and Sage. I still think those guys, they should get together. But um, anyways, I think that he does deserve a big fight. I mean, just defeated Brad Tavares. Maybe maybe a matchup with Chris, no, Chris Weidman. Since and then, why wow, the reason why I said Chris Weidman was because now the UFC has announced that Robert Whitaker will put his title on the line against Kelvin Gastelum. I know we had that whole fiasco with Kelvin and Chris Weidman. You know, Chris Weidman in his last fight beating Kelvin, but Kelvin's fought two more times since he's fought Chris Weidman and lost to him. And you know, the UFC ultimately went with Kelvin Gastelum. I don't know what the reasons were, I don't know if it was negotiations, anything behind that, but. We now have a middleweight title fight on our hands. And also, on top of that, they're also going to be coaching tough. And after the show, they're going to be fighting sometime later this year. So that's excellent. Congrats to Kelvin. He definitely two young guns in their prime. You guys really don't understand. This is going to be a fucking firefight. So I'm excited for this one. I can't, I can't wait to see what both Kelvin... I mean, Kelvin, obviously... I don't think Robert's necessarily going to be looking to take Kelvin down or use a superior grappling. So we could arguably keep seeing a, a potential fight of the year fight with these guys later on. Later on this year, because both these guys can fucking fight. And both these guys are super young, too. So Kelvin Gaslam in a, a title fight coming soon later this year. It's fucking exciting. So congrats to Kelvin. Um, back to Israel. Um, he said he wanted the winner of Paulo Costa versus um, Uriah Hall. and But but now looking at it, I, I think he deserves a bigger fight than that. But if he wants to build himself up truly, I, I feel like he's already there in my opinion, though. I definitely feel like he can have a couple more wins. And no, he can, he's right there. You know, not unnecessarily like knocking on the door for a title shot or anything like that. That's a little too far-fetched. But 
I do think that he has the skills and definitely has all the potential and uh, all the audacity to be a future world champion and a big, huge fight in his next his next fight at middleweight, whenever that chooses to be. Hopefully, he fights one more time, one or two more times this year. We're in July, so he can fight a couple more times. You know, if he looks as good as he's looked in his last few fights, then by all means, I would want to see this guy fight three more times this year. If he can fight three more times this year, really make a name for himself. If he wants to fight Paulo Costa or Uriah Hall, whoever wins that fight later tonight, then by all means, I'm happy with that. And, you know, if he wants to build himself up and brand himself up, you know, he's already talked about his fights. He didn't give a generic answer. You know, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll take whoever the UFC gives me. He wants specific people. So he put specific people down and that's what you're going to get. And that's how you brand yourself in the sport. And that's how you do all these things in the sport. So congrats to Israel Alessania by defeating Brad Tavares by dominant unanimous decision. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that was it for us. Today on this bonus episode of Jimmy Guerrero May Show, episode 146. I hope you guys enjoyed. We will be back next week for episode 147 of the Jimmy Guerrero May Show, as well as segments, episode number 17. You guys know where to find me at Jimmy MMA on Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. Snapchat's Jimmy underscore MMA, but Jimmy Guerrero MMA on Twitter. Thank you guys for tuning in. Check us out on CastBox, Apple Podcasts, I think Google Play Music still has it, as well as iHeartRadio, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you guys for tuning in one last time. Jimmy Kermame, out, baby.